Last week we, uh, we started, um, it's a series, um, we have at periodic times had a flyer, a little half-page deal out in um, the foyer that has to do with our four goals, gather, connect, serve, and engage. And last week we started looking at the first one, we will gather for worship and invite others to regularly join us in praising God. And the scripture we have with that is glorify the Lord with me, let us exalt his name together. And so we talked about worship last week and what that means and how important it is for us to gather for worship and to invite folks to be with us. This week is our second one. We will connect with others in a small group to experience a growth and encouragement that comes by being in community with others. There's a verse there, let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. A lot of people want to quickly jump to the next verse, which says, And let us not give up meeting together, as some are in the habit of doing. And we've always used that verse. A lot of people I know have used that verse to say, hey, you got to be at church. Well, giving up meeting together is more than just coming together for worship on Sunday mornings. It has to do with connecting and being in community. Let us not give up being in community with one another. Let us not give up Christian community and let us encourage one another. I like the quote by Tim Keller that says, There's no way to grow spiritually apart from a deep involvement in a community of other believers. So we need to be in community. So I want to talk about that. I want to describe what community looks like today. And the best way to do that is to tell you about one of my favorite TV shows growing up, Gilligan's Island. I know what you're thinking. You're old. Let me refresh your memory. Gilligan's Island is about seven castaways that attempted to survive on an island after they were shipwrecked. You might not know there were 98 episodes in Gilligan's Island. You might remember the first 36 episodes were in black and white. Does that tell you how old some of you are? Black and white. So they were stuck on an island. And, the, and I guess what I liked about it, they were stuck on an island and all they had was each other. Seven castaways. Oh, they could have lived in isolation and gone to different areas of the island, but they stayed together. And and the song, you remember the song? If I was to start singing the song, just sit right. There's people still singing. You remember? I just wanted to keep the verse going for you. Oh, Gilligan's Island. I love that show because it was about castaways. I love that show because it was about survival. I love the show because of all the comedy, but I think I like the show even more now because it illustrates community. Oh, I know they were forced to be together. They were on an island. Sure, they attempted to get off and and build some boats, but we all knew they weren't going to get off that island unless they were rescued. So they were forced to live in community with one another. And yet here we are today, we're not forced to live in community. In fact, there's some people, the only way they live in community is when they are forced or they have the attitude, well, I guess I'll go be connected with somebody. I guess I'll go be connected in community and worship. And yet a lot of people live in isolation. 
And research will tell you that people who live in isolation aren't as healthy as people who are in community with one another. And people who live alone and in isolation are, have much more sickness than those who are connected with others. And people who live in community are healthier and happier. So there's a lot of benefits to living in community. But God calls us to live in community. So the question is, if you're not stranded on an island... Do you choose to live in community or do you go to work day after day and you go through the motions and you can't wait to get home and you can't wait to veg out and you can't wait to close that garage door and you can't wait just to get away from everybody because you're tired of the world. So I want to talk to you about being in community with people. I like this quote by Keith Miller and Bruce Larson, the neighborhood bar is possibly the best counterfeit there is to the fellowship Christ wants to give His church. It's an imitation, dispensing liquor instead of grace, escape rather than reality. But it's a permissive, accepting, and inclusive fellowship. It's unshockable. It's democratic. You can tell people secrets and they usually don't tell others or even want to. The bar flourishes not because most people are alcoholics, but because... God has put into the human heart the desire to know and be known, to love and be loved. And so many seek a counterfeit at the price of a few beers. They go on to write, where else can you turn and you can go in and say, I'm sunk, I'm beat, I've had it. I like what Chuck Swindoll says, churches need to be less like national shrines and more like local bars, less like untouchable cathedrals and more like well-used hospitals. Places to bleed in rather than monuments to look at. Places where you can take your mask off and let your hair down. Places you can have your wounds dressed. That's what living in community is all about. And we search for that in so many ways. We search for relationships and we search for community. So I did a little research. eHarmony has 15 million Members And Match.com have, has 21 million members. There are 2,500 online dating sites. And I'm not being derogatory of online dating sites. I'm saying people spend $1.2 billion looking for relationships. $1.2 billion looking for community because they don't want to live alone. And they're willing to spend money because they don't want to live alone. God wired us to be in community. God made it in, in, within each of us. It's in our DNA that we need to live with other people. I'm not talking about marriage. When God says it's not good that man is alone, when He looked at all of His creation and He says, this is good, and this is good, and this is good, and He looks at man who's alone, He said, yeah, that's not good. That wasn't about marriage, it's about how He wired us to be in community, how He wired us to live with other people. It's called the church. And we need to be connected as the church. In fact, even Walt Disney knew about community. He had a dream about community. You ever heard of EPCOT? You know what EPCOT stands for? Experimental Prototype Community of Tomorrow. His dream was that 20,000 people would live together with all the modern technology. And it was a dream. And he died before that dream came to fruition. And now it's just a theme park. But his dream was to have 20,000 people living in community. So when you go to Epcot, you can think 
community. But way before Walt Disney had a dream, God had a plan. And God's plan was that that we would live together, that He would choose a people, and, and those people would be in community. And throughout all of the Bible, we read about God's people who would live in community and travel in community and be in community, and it was all about community. And then Jesus died and established the church, and it's all about community. In fact, look at these verses. Ephesians 2, in Him the whole building, that's us, that's the church, the whole building's joined together and rises to become a holy temple in the Lord. And in Him you are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by His Spirit. I like the J.B. Phillips translation. In Him, each separate piece of building properly fitting into its neighbor. I like that. The message says, now He's using you, fitting you brick by brick, stone by stone. Because God wants us to be in community. In fact, Philippians 2 says... If you've gotten anything at all out of following Christ, if His love has made any difference in your life, if being in a community of the Spirit means anything to you, then do me a favor. Agree with each other and love each other and be deep-spirited friends. Why? Because that's what people who live in community do. That's what they look like. And that's what we're all about. So the Bible says... Other terms were put together and we're members together and we're heirs together and we're, caught, we're going to be caught up together and we're going to spend eternity together in community. And so one of our goals is we need to be connected with one another and we need to be connected in small groups. Life was never meant to be lived alone. When Spencer was growing up, he used to have this construction set called Connects. Maybe you all have heard of Connects. It was, you open it up and it's just a box of a gajillion pieces with instruction manuals. And you had all these parts that would connect. Didn't know if you'd made that connection with connects. And so just looking at it, you're thinking, these are just little pieces for me to walk on all over my house. <laughs> and then you could put it together and make these huge Ferris wheels that were solar-powered, and we would stick it up by the lamp, and that thing would turn. And then you're like, okay, tear it apart and put it back in the box. Connects. Remind me of the church. We're just a bunch of pieces that sometimes we just walk all over each other. And yet when you fit us together and put us together, we can do some amazing things. And that's how God created us, to be in community, so that we'd come together. In fact... We read in Ephesians chapter 3, His intent was that now through the church, that's us, in community, being connected, being joined together, His intent was that the manifold wisdom of God should be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly realms. His intent is that when we come together as a church, we talked about that and worship. When we come together, people are watching. And rulers and authorities in the heavenly realms are watching. When we come together and we're connected in small groups outside of this building, people are watching because the church is on display. Even more than that, when we come together and we're connected, God is on display and people are watching. And so we as the church in worship and we as the church in community and connected, we've got God on display and we're revealing God to people. And when people see us, they should see God. They should see all of our differences and yet we can still come together in community. And worship God and be connected to God. 
That's God's plan for us, to worship and be connected. So we need to be connected in small groups. So let me talk to you about small groups. I know what you're thinking. Ah, this is just a pitch for small groups. Y'all are real sharp. But there's more to small groups than what we talk about on Sunday nights. We'd love for you to be in a small group on Sunday night. We're going to have another entry point where we've got, we need some more group leaders. And, and come September, we would like every small group, we would like every small group to join us in an eight-week study. Just We would like once a year for every small group to be on the same page doing the exact same study. I know some of y'all go out and eat and some of y'all do other studies and some of y'all do other things and... Don't even know what some of y'all do, but for eight weeks, we'd like for you to join. So, yeah, we would love for you to be in a Sunday night small group. But you know what? Being connected in community is more than just Sunday nights. You're thinking, why? Well, you know, I don't, I don't want to be in a small group. I don't want to lead a small I don't want to do that 52 weeks a year. Let me tell you about small groups. We would like to broaden your horizon on small groups. Will you lead a small group for a month? You know, I don't want people in my house 52 weeks. Would you invite people into your home for a month? Would you do a small group for a month? Would you just do a study for a month? Would you do a small, would you do a prayer small group? Would you do a Bible study small group? Would you get up and eat breakfast and be in a small group with people? Would you do a exercise small group? Would you be, you see, we need to be connected in some way with other Christian brothers and sisters because that's how God wired us. So it doesn't have to be Sunday nights, but you need to be connected with other Christian brothers and sisters. It's how you grow. It'll make you happier. It's how God wired you. It puts God on display. You'll live longer. Some of y'all are thinking, yes, I don't want to be in a small group. I'm just going to be with Jesus right now. Listen, folks, you need to be in a small group. You need to be connected with people. You need to be in community. Let me tell you why. In October of 1993, in Massachusetts, police found an old woman dead on her kitchen floor. She'd been dead four years. Police speculated she died at age 73 of natural causes. That's when her bank transactions ended. How can someone be so cut off from relationships that no one even notices when he or she dies? Four years earlier, neighbors had called authorities when they sensed something might be wrong. When the police contacted the woman's brother, he said she'd gone to live in a nursing home. Police told the postal service to stop delivering mail. One neighbor paid her grandson to cut the grass because the place was looking run down. Another neighbor had the utility company come and shut off the water when a pipe froze, broke, and sent water spilling out the door. One friend from the past said she didn't want anyone to bother her at all. I guess she got her wish, but it's awfully sad. <clears throat> her brother said the family hadn't been close since her mother died in 1979. He added, someone should have noticed something by now. The woman had lived in her house, in this house, in this middle-aged neighborhood for 40 years, and none of her neighbors knew her well. One woman who lived across the street said, you can't blame a soul. If she saw you out there, she never said hello to you. It's interesting. So I have a bunch of questions about that story. Whose fault was that? 
Was it the lady's fault for not being friendly? Was it the lady's fault because she chose to be alone? Was it the neighbor's fault for not being more attentive? Was it the neighbor's fault for not being more involved? Was she involved with the church? Was she in community with anyone at a church? Where was her family? Why didn't they check in on her? Whose fault was it? You see, when it comes to community, you've got to choose to be in community. You can make the choice and say, you know, I don't, I don't want to be connected to anybody. And you lose. You suffer. You're the one who's punished. And then you have a crisis in your life and you're like, how come nobody wants to check on me? Because you chose not to be connected with anybody. The flip side of that is we need to reach out and connect with people. Our job, our responsibility as Christian brothers and sisters is to check on one another. And be connected with one another. Again, it doesn't have to be Sunday night in a small group, but can you be connected with two or three people, four or five people, where you're checking on them, they're checking on you, you encourage one another, you lift one another up, you encourage one another all the more as you see the day approaching? Life was never meant to be lived alone. You need to be in community with people. This lady was dead and nobody knew. Just like a lot of people in our society. Oh, they're walking around breathing. They have life, but inside they're dead. They're empty. They go to dead-end jobs. They're in dead-end relationships. If you ask them how to describe their life, they would say, you know, I'm, I feel like I'm dead. You ever been there? Nobody knows. Nobody cares. I'm going through all this stuff. It feels like I'm all alone. It's Elijah. When Elijah says, I'm the only one, Lord. Elijah, there's seven, 8,000 other people just like you. But he chose to be alone and go in a cave, just like people do today. But still, the people in the caves, we need to find those folks. There's probably some people here today who are dead and nobody knows. Who are suffering and nobody knows. Who are struggling and nobody knows. We get calls at the church office about people who were in the hospital a month ago. Why didn't you call us? Well, I didn't want to bother anybody. Well, you got your wish. There's a lot of people in the world that don't want to bother anybody, and they don't want to be in community, and they, want to be, they don't want to be connected. Listen, 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 folks. Those people suffer by not being connected. And if that's how you want to live, if you just want to go home and veg out and be isolated, you lose. Because there's more to church than worship. And there's more to church than just going to a small group. It's being connected in community so we can encourage one another. What are you going to do when a crisis happens and there's nobody to call because you've got nobody? What are you going to do when that relationship goes sour and you've got nobody to call because you chose to live an isolated life? Life was never meant to be lived alone. You need to be connected. Will you join a small group? Will you create a small group? Will you find an accountability group? Will you hang with two or three other Christian brothers and sisters? Will you get on the phone and call somebody and be accountable with somebody? That's how God wired us. So when you're isolated and living alone, you're not living the way God wired you. We offer the invitation of Jesus Christ today. Here's the invitation of Jesus. 
is he wants to... He wants us to be wired with God's Spirit. He wants God's Spirit to be in us. He wants to create a different desire in us than what our fleshly desire wants to be. And so Jesus wants us to live for Him. How do you do that? You, you do that in the church. There's a lot of people say, you know, I don't want to be connected to the church. If you don't want to be connected to the church, then you don't want to be connected to Jesus. They go together. But the church is more than just what we do in this building. The church is a family. A community joined together, encouraging one another. So we offer the invitation of Jesus to be a part of His family that meets here at this family. If you need the prayers of this church, if you're struggling with some, something, if you've been isolated, if you've been living alone, if there's some things that nobody knows about, would you at least share them with our shepherds? They'll meet you in the back and they'll go pray with you in private. Would you at least... Would you at least be in that community with our shepherds where they can pray for you and with you? If you'd like the prayers of the whole church, if you need to respond that way. If you want to repent and be baptized. If you want to make that choice. If you want to live in community with other believers. If you need to respond to the invitation, please do so as we stand and sing.